All right, we'll take questions for Rod. What are your general thoughts on that game? Uh, not great. I'll leave it at that. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Welcome to the program. That was a dud. I'll just leave it at that. I have other adjectives I could use, but we'll just say dud. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You'll also find the best customer service in the industry and the best workmanship in the industry. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. Go check them out online for a free no-obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. Brief comments on what we saw in Washington, and then an extended conversation with John Forsland, a former longtime voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, the original voice of the Hurricanes, and uh, we all know what happened a couple of years ago. John is now the voice of the Seattle Kraken. So we're not going to spend a lot of time dealing with this game. We're going to go through a little bit. Uh, If there were some positive things to say, we'll uh, bring them up. And then we'll bring you about a 25-minute conversation, maybe a little bit longer, with John Forslund. If you're just aware now, the Seattle Kraken play at PNC Arena on Saturday night. It'll be John's first time back in the building as a visiting broadcaster. So uh, he's been back in the building since essentially the breakup, but first time. Actually, I don't know that he's ever called a game uh, since. He, I don't think he's been in PNC Arena for a game, for a hockey game since the breakup. Uh, so anyway, should be an emotional night. We'll talk about it with John in just a little bit. Uh, dog poop, poop emoji, whatever you want to do to describe it. Four nothing capitals. Hurricanes are now uh, on aggregate uh, ten nothing in arrears on Hulu, ESPN Plus. Not good. Broadcast isn't great. Doesn't matter. Uh, players can't hear it, but uh, it does annoy the people at home when their team is playing like the broadcast. It was just not good. Uh, look, Carolina spent way too t- way too much time in the penalty box in the first period. Really. This is a problem all year long. This is not just a recent problem. The Hurricanes are dead last in the NHL, or if you'd rather look at it this way, first in the NHL at allowing opposing power plays. I mean, they have the best penalty kill, so thankfully. But in terms of allowing power play opportunities, nobody does it better than Carolina. Uh, 3.59 per game in the NHL. Nashville is the only team really close to them, and it's it's pretty close. Nashville's uh, generous as well with power play opportunities. Uh, but I, I said this the other day. You know, Pittsburgh had like a, I don't know, a 18% power play, whatever it was. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, or Detroit, whatever it was. So Carolina keeps taking penalties, and I'm like, law of average is going to get you. And, uh, you know, I get it. The, 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 Comment back is uh, as tongue in cheek, and I'm not, I'm not disparaging anybody here. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it it's not, 
it's not that if you have a power play that allows a goal one out of every 10, yeah, the odds are always on your side individually. But when you have, when you play as much as Carolina does with one less skater, or in this case, two less skaters, because it was a five on three, you're just going to give up a goal eventually, and you just can't keep doing it. Uh, Carolina, I think that this was the first five on four power play goal because they allowed one in the second period when Alexander Ovechkin scored in like a month. Because the other power play opportunities we had was the one we had a four on three in Detroit on the uh, uh, at the end of overtime. There was a six on four in Pittsburgh when Evan Rodriguez scored to make it, I believe, four three. Um. This one was a five on three. I mean, so Carolina has not given up five on four goals, uh, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it was just, first of all, it's a bad game. Carolina wasn't good anyway. It looked like they were skating on oatmeal. Uh, and the the worst part is, is that for two periods, I don't think Washington was that great. I really don't. I didn't, I didn't think either team was all that spectacular. Uh, Carolina was in the penalty box for a big chunk, but maybe the first uh, maybe 10 minutes of the first 30 they spent in the penalty box. I mean, you're going to get what you, uh, you're going to get what you deserve. And I think Carolina got what they deserved. And that's why at the beginning, like, there's no point. I mean, there's no, uh, no sense to put highlights in. Uh, Freddie Anderson made a couple of good saves in the first period. None of this was on him. Uh, I know maybe he wants the Ovechkin power play goal back, but oh my gosh, giving up power play goal to Alexander Ovechkin, uh, is not a crime. And, uh, but the team wasn't good in front of him. They were bad. They were slow. They were slow in front of him, fought the puck. Um, even the good part of, uh, you know, we had some, uh, some spark out of Martin Natchez today, but even, uh, he had finishing issues. Uh, he makes a really good move around Vitek Vanacek. Uh, and yes, he was near the goal line, but if he elevates the puck just a little, it's a goal. But he doesn't, which is fine. I mean, it's tough play, but I'm not ripping him for it. But so he was just indicative of just not good enough tonight. You know, his uh, his good play just wasn't good enough tonight. So there was nobody really good. So, I mean, just it's one of those games you chalk up. Uh, and I, it was a little annoying to continue reading on Twitter. This team can't do this, can't do this, can't beat this, can't beat this, can't beat this. I mean, I realize everybody's frustrated, but like, don't complain about a power play that had scored nine power play goals in the last nine games. It just doesn't make any sense. Power play is, uh, had risen to fourth in the NHL before tonight. Now, I don't think 0 for 3 does a ton of damage. They don't go from fourth to 14th. So um, still a good power play, even without Tony D'Angelo. Uh, still an elite penalty kill without D'Angelo, without Brendan Smith, who may or may not be in the lineup anyway. Uh, and my overall opinion of this team is not altered by what I saw tonight. I hope it isn't for you either. I don't know what your opinions are of the team, but Carolina's overall quality as a club is not changed based on the stinker of a performance they put on against the Capitals. It just isn't. Uh, I have I have not wavered one bit. I think they're a tick below, a very tick below Tampa and Florida. 
I think they're the best team in the Metropolitan Division. I think when they play their game, they'll beat Washington. I'm not concerned because they've lost to Washington twice. Carolina has not played well in either game. The first one I thought was more Washington. And I, by the way, I think I still think Washington is excellent. They've had a ton of injury issues. If they get healthy, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, you just don't know how much time they have. It, can they escape the wild card? I just don't know. I don't know if they can escape the wild card. I think they could catch Boston and be wild card one. But ultimately, uh, it might be the Carolina Hurricanes having a deal with Washington in the first round of the playoffs. And that's fine. I think Carolina, ultimately, when they play their game, they're better than Washington. But whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, what I, what we saw tonight is what we saw tonight. And I again, I thought Washington was better in the first meeting back in November. I didn't think either team was good tonight. Or I shouldn't say good. Washington was good. I don't think Washington was great. Uh, and you would think based on what we saw in the first two periods, that Washington was great. I just think they were okay, and I thought Carolina was bad. It was really a a low-event, boring game through two periods. Capitals led 3-0, but it wasn't that good. It wasn't like we had tons of scoring chances either way. It wasn't like one team dominated the game. It was just there. And I think that's probably what is as frustrating as anything for Carolina is that Man, the Capitol weren't that great. They were fine. But that's, I think uh, what they said after the game, I, th- I, th- I think it was Butch- John Bouchergrass, who I'm not going to uh, spend too much time on that, but I think Bouchergrass said after the game, or maybe it was Brian Boucher, Capitals were solid. Yeah, that's exactly what they were. They were solid. They didn't give up a lot. Carolina didn't force them to give up a lot. Anyway, let's not, uh, let's not belabor the point, the... Uh, Hurricanes weren't good. Move on. Now go after the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow. By the way, um, this was this is the uh, eighth. I'm sorry, the ninth set of back-to-backs for Carolina this year. Uh, they were six one and one in the front end this year going into tonight. So obviously that's not uh, the same anymore. Six two and one now. Four three and one on the back end. The only other time they lost in regulation uh, in the the front end of a back-to-back, they won the next one for what that's worth, which is, of course, nothing. Uh, Pittsburgh is 4-2-1 on the second half of back-to-backs. Pittsburgh in Tampa tonight, 5-1 winner. So they are now 6-1-1 on the front end of back-to-backs, and we'll see if they can improve on 4-2-1 or... Do they fall to three to four three and one, uh, and it's essentially mirror what Carolina had uh, before this set of back to backs? Uh, so that game will be in Raleigh PNC Arena tomorrow, starting at seven. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to breeze through the goals, and then we're going to get to John Forslund because uh, that's what we're here for. John Forslund will uh, be at PNC Arena on Sunday night. Um. Carolina is in the box three times in the first period. That's your game, pretty much. Um, they uh, The first penalty came pretty quickly. Vincent Trocek in the box. They kill that off. Kane's got a power play of their own. Didn't do anything with it. 
Um, it's pretty low event. It's pretty, uh, you know, basically everybody's skating around in, uh, in, in sand. Uh, and then Ethan Bear takes a penalty and Brady Shea gets a high stick uh, in the span of about uh, maybe a little, a shade over a minute. Anyway, uh, bottom line is Washington's got a five on three opportunity for about a minute. Uh, and right at the end of it, Yevgeny uh, Kuznetsov collected a loose puck. Uh, Sebastian Ajo tried to whack it out, um, but uh, while he knocked the puck forward, uh, it was stick on stick. Uh, Ajo and uh, somebody from the Capitals, don't remember who, uh, so the puck doesn't get all the way out. Kuznetsov scoops, scoops it, scoops it up, skates it around, drifts down uh, the slot, and with uh, Oshi in front providing a screen, he wristed it blocker side high, 18.33 at the time, uh, and it's one nothing Washington. Um, Canes were slow to the puck all night long. Uh, 8.30 in, Garnet Hathaway and Connor Sheary hounding the puck. Sheary finds uh, Martin uh, Feheveri. Don't know if I said that right. Uh, the rookie from Slovakia, he makes it 2 nothing, just waltzing down the slot. Uh, so it's 2 nothing, And actually, at that point, it seemed like an insurmountable lead. It just did because Carolina was generating nothing. Uh, then with Derek Stepan in the box, this is the second power play of the period for Washington. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin made it 3 nothing. One-timer, duh, left circle, duh. That's the way it is, right? Uh, 33rd of the season, 45th versus Carolina. It's the most against any team in the NHL for Ovechkin. Uh, he is now three behind Yarmir Yager for third all-time in goals in the NHL. Uh, that was number 763 for Ovechkin. Yager is next up at 766. Dmitry Orlov cl- closed out the scoring with a wrist shot that uh, Brett Pesci actually deflected past Freddie Anderson. Uh, that came late, 1902, just after a power play expired. Uh, Canes were uh, generous with six power play opportunities for Washington tonight, and the Capitals converted on two of them. Uh, if you're looking at analytics, ignore everything that happened in the third period. I'm serious. I don't care about the third period. This is just me. Uh, you know, I think Rod Brindamore at times will take something out of it. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, how do you how do you judge anything that happened in the third period? When A, Carolina, I mean, they had high danger chances, but I don't really remember anything. I mean, there were a couple of chances. I'm not, I shouldn't uh, completely ignore them. Um, but I just don't ignore it from the bigger picture because honestly, Washington was up 3-0 and they knew Carolina wasn't going to do anything. Uh, so they sort of just sat back. They didn't do much. They didn't have to do much. They they basically packed it in around uh, Vanacek, and that was that. Uh, so I'm not going to uh, put any stock into what I saw in the third period. Uh, and Carolina got what they deserved tonight, which was uh, which was a loss. Florida beat Ottawa three nothing. Pittsburgh over Tampa on the road five to one. And Pittsburgh will be here. Tomorrow, uh, real quick before John Forslund, uh, for uh, for for Kaniacs who are feeling some type of way in a bad way tonight. Here are the standings in the Eastern Conference: Carolina's thirty-seven, twelve, and five, seven thirty-one points percentage, seventy-nine points. 
They lead Pittsburgh by three points, and they have games in hand. Pittsburgh is 34, 14, and 8. 679 uh, points percentage. The Rangers are next with 73 points. 34, 15, and 5. Washington is fourth. Carolina still leads the Capitals by a dozen points. 29, 18, and 9. Florida in the, in the Atlantic Division. 36, 13, and 5. 77 points. Two fewer than Carolina. 713 points percentage. Tampa, 76 points. 35, 12, and 6. 717 save percentage. A little bit better than Florida's, but ultimately not as good as Carolina's. So I'm not saying that Carolina's better than these teams. I'm just saying, man, before everybody loses their mind, just look at the standings. Just look at the standings. And Carolina has played well against good teams. They beat Tampa this year. They split with Toronto. Actually have one win and uh, one overtime loss with Toronto. Hasn't gone well against Florida this year. Hasn't gone well against Washington this year. Uh, but they bur- they buried the Rangers. They've owned Boston three times. They're 1-0 against Pittsburgh. I just don't know what everybody is losing their minds over. All right? Is that fair? Now let's enjoy John. The one and only John Forslund, the voice of the Seattle Kraken. This is an interesting way I want to start this. Athletes circle dates when they get to return to the team that they played for. But I don't know how you're approaching Sunday. Uh, Is it excitement? Is it, I mean, dread? Uh, are you hoping for another outdoor game to pop up that you can go do? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, so yeah, how, how are you looking at this? It's a, it's a great question. I, uh, and the answer is, I don't know. I, I really, I, I don't think I'll know Adam until I get there. It's circled on my calendar because I'll see my family. Right. Um, and it ends with that. I, I don't really understand how I'll feel until I'm there. Um, I certainly don't want to overblow this. Um, I'm just a piece of what went on there for a long time. Um, there's a game that has to happen. There's a job that I have to do. Um, so I'm going to try and keep all that in mind. I will tell you this. I was in the building a couple of weeks ago. I came home for the break right? and my daughter danced at halftime between, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame and state basketball game. And I got in the building and we watched his fans and I was happy that was able to do that because um, I don't have to go back and work and be in the building for the first time on the same day. So okay. that was good. And, um, yeah, there's a little bit of dread and there's a little bit of, um, excitement to see some people that mean a lot to me still, but the way the whole thing went down and it's so long ago, um, I, I can't answer the question. I have no idea till we get to, to Sunday to exactly know how I'll feel when the game starts. Now, you've done plenty of Hurricanes games, even before this year, uh, when Seattle beat Carolina up in Seattle earlier in the season. Um, But, I mean, you're a, I mean, I hate to use, you're a pro. I mean, you've called plenty of Hurricanes games nationally when the Canes are in the playoffs. Uh, I know Islanders fans were probably mad in 2019 and all of that. Um, But, I mean, this will be the first time you're calling a Canes game. you know, since all of that, uh, or a, a Canes game in this building since all of that. So right. you, you can't go to your old, your old room. You got to, you have to go to a new room now. <clears throat> yeah. And that's going to be different. And I'll tell you what, um, the thing about this is, um, if you roll it back to 2020, 
the way it ended and then seeing them in the bubble in Toronto was surreal. Um, I was there to do a job and to be professional, but there they were. And I hadn't seen those guys since I left the airplane when we came back from New Jersey. Right. Um, And the season went on pause. So that was kind of strange. And then in the 21 season, every time I covered the Hurricanes, it was in Stamford, Connecticut at the NBC studios. And I was in a little shanty with a monitor. And that felt weird, but I wasn't there. Um, And then when they came to Seattle, the pandemic still front and center, especially in this part of the country. And we weren't allowed to go near the locker rooms. So they kind of came in and I sat there and watched the morning skate and went home and came in, did the game. And I visited briefly with Mike and Tripp and that was it. And uh, Mike Brown used to be the PR department, now video coach and team services with the Canes, came up to my booth. It was great to see him. That was it. I didn't get to see the coaches. I texted all the guys after the game. And uh, I did yell at Svetch from the booth. Um, he was on the ice doing his pregame ritual about two hours before, and I whistled. And he looked up, and he waved, and he called my name out. And uh, that was really cool. So uh, all of that being said, I got to come into the building, and I have to do a job. And I, I don't want to say it's just another game. It's just a job. I'm going to be professional. I hope all of that happens. But it will be an emotional game for me um, in my own way. And I got nothing to do with what happens on the ice. It's just for me. And so I want to be honest with you, uh, your dear friend. And, and that's how I think I'll feel that day. And then to see everybody else like yourself and so many people there that, that mean a great deal to me, that will be good. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you that I'm going to go around the building and glad hand everybody and take a victory lap because that's not me. And I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to come in and do my thing and we'll just see what happens. Well, this will be my first game since sometime in person since sometime in November. So, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if, uh, if you can't go to the locker rooms, uh, and you can't, I agree with you. On and, that. Yeah. uh, until recently, um, everything was done by zoom. Um, right. although the first time, uh, they decided to go back to zooms. I didn't, I didn't see the email. I showed up in the media room and I'm the only one in there. Uh, and Mike Sundheim comes in and goes, why are you here? I'm like, why am I, aren't I allowed to be? No. I'm like, ooh. So I just sat there quietly, didn't say anything. Nobody said anything to me, but that was the only time. And that was the last time uh, I was at a game. So let me ask you this. And we're going to get back to Sunday in a sec. You're an original Carolina Hurricane. So what does that mean to you? It means everything to me. It's... um obviously it's a huge part of my career, a very rewarding part of my career. And it extends to my family. You know, when we made the break in Hartford, when we were forced out of there and and Mr. Carmanis decided it wasn't going to work and we were asked if we would go to Raleigh and and we did. Uh, And I say we, because I'm talking about my wife and I, um, we're just starting our family. And so when we moved to Raleigh, my oldest Erica was a year old and Natalie was pregnant with Matthew eight months pregnant and she was on bed rest and we had our dog and we had my mom who came with us and never left Raleigh when she got there, she was only going to come and help us get started. And then she ended up living with us for years and passed away, as you know, in 2017. Um, but anyway, uh, we're starting a family. So in my mind's eye is there and we're still there. And, and my kids' lives are there. And so, yeah, so that's a big part of your 
career and your life. And for me, they go hand in hand. So yeah, it means everything. And it was also a great opportunity to come into a virgin market and bring a game in that a lot of people didn't have a clue about. And some people did and watch it grow and watch a building start to grab an identity, watch a fan base, grab an identity, kind of help that along, um, communicate with the fans, connect with the fans, something that I had lost in the 21 season. And now that I've come to Seattle, I've recaptured it with a fan base. And I didn't realize Adam, how much I missed that. Uh Um, you can call as many games as you want, big games, national level and all those kinds of things. It's nice. But when the game's over, it's pretty generic. You have to do your job for the network. You have to do your job for each fan base, 50-50. But when you communicate a message of a team from the first preseason practice to the end of the season, whatever it is, even if you're eliminated in game 82 at home, which we saw, um, it's a journey. And you have to maintain a message with your fans and a connection with your fans. And I'm proud of that. So that's something I'm just starting again. Um, with the people out here in Seattle. And I'm overjoyed that I get a chance to do it. But to answer your question, that's a huge part of my life. Yeah, well, you said something earlier that you're just a piece. And uh, it was funny, and I'm just going to draw an analogy to a a moment that I watched in a hockey game the other day. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw it because you watch every game. I don't know how you do it, but you watch every game in the NHL all the time. Uh, it was the overtime goal where Vincent Trocek passes it to Brett Pesci. Um, and Pesci basically caught it out of the air on a stick. And yeah. he, he plays the, oh, well, it's just a lucky play. Well, I guess to an extent. Um, maybe that lucky that the pass was perfect that way. But you've sat at how many Hurricanes practices watching Pesci and Slavin uh, pass the puck across the uh, the width of the ice to each other in the air and they each, they have to knock it down. So, lucky, yeah. But it wasn't just luck, it was work. And I texted Brett about that, and I said, I am not letting you play that. I'm not letting you pretend that it was just luck. That is, that's the hard work you do. So I am not going to let you pretend that you're just a piece. Um, so that was a long way to get back to this. Um, you and I agree that the most significant person in Hurricanes history is Rod Brindamore. You and I have talked about this. Um, Other than Rod, for 20 years, you were the most significant person for this franchise as it relates to the fan base. And I don't even think there's a close second to that. Uh, So you're not really just a piece. Um, You were a huge part of people learning hockey here. Um, and I mean, wh- whether you, we can downplay it or not, but, and I don't even know if you have to respond to that. I just felt like saying it. Well, I, I, I appreciate it more than, you know, um, again, it's an interesting profession, right? It, 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 um, you get into it because you, you're, you're a huge fan at some point in your life. You, you, you latch on to a game, you latch on to a sport, and you latch on to the broadcasting aspect of it. And then if you get the opportunity to actually do it, you're, you're pretty lucky to get the chance. You have to be pretty good to do it for a long period of time. And over time, you, again, get it put into a position where you feel like you're making an impact. And 
community work there, Adam was was as important as a, a great play, as a as a playoff goal, an overtime winner. Um, you know, being at an alumni game, those alumni games were some of my favorite moments. Uh, you know, it was hilarious. Uh, we had a lot of fun. You know, Four thousand people would show up, and uh, it was all good. Um, casino nights, um, uh, the five K runs, the, the the all those things, uh, um, earning your place uh, within a media that that I I really respect. Um, you know, earning your place in a market where uh, there's rich history with college sports, and we had a we had a we earned the trust of the people, yeah. and I and I think we did that. So all those things I'm I'm very proud of. Um, and again, I I wouldn't trade it in for anything, and and really. Um, I, I, I get energy from the fan base. And so the Caniacs were always great with that. And I have the same opportunity out here now because these people have been so good to me in a short period of time. Um, just waiting for the team to get really good. And, and that might take a hundred years. I don't know. I don't think I'll be around for that. I know Ron Francis, that's not his plan, but no. we got to get to it next year. We got to show a lot of improvement as a franchise. And I, I think we will, but, um, but I really, really am fortunate that I've been in, in that spot. So what what are, what are the uh, the fans go? You have Caniacs here. They're like they're not crackheads, right? No, you can't go there. Can't no, go that's there. Uh, that's not something that. we that's not something we want to do. Okay. Um, you know, it's a cracking nation. It's a, okay. it's getting an identity. Um, you know, it's uh, they're they're carved right out of the same cloth of the twelves that follow the Seahawks. That's true. And um, you know, it's a hardened atmosphere. It's cloudy here. It rains a lot in the winter. Uh, they come in. And unfortunately, uh, there've been many nights they're, they're just loaded for bear and then they get let down and, but they hang in and they hang into the end. And, uh, it reminds me of the, uh, the fans that followed the hurricanes back in 2001 when, uh, they played New Jersey in that first round series and were eliminated and got a standing ovation and home ice were being eliminated. But that was just the beginning because the next year was magical and then another dip. And then there was, uh, you know, problems and a work stoppage and a Stanley cup. And then, uh, uh, after that, no, uh, who knows what happened, but because of that misery, look where they are now. It's all part of the puzzle. What are the things that, that stand out to you as like your favorite moments? Okay. So my three favorite moments were the Jersey retirements. Um, because I emceed all of those and you know, you're out there dead center ice in front of 18,000 there and whoever else is listening and watching. Um, but you're, you're there for somebody else. And, uh, so to be part of that, it was tremendous. And then each one of those guys is special to me and treated me with a tremendous respect in my role. Um, so Ron Francis, Rod Brindamore and Glenn Wesley, um, terrific hurricanes, terrific people, and so those are three great moments. And then, and, and I'm just going to take this step by step, the marquee moments were the, the 2004 draft. That was the first time the entire hockey world came to Raleigh. And it was a rainy day in June. And no one really knew how many people would show up for this thing. It still amazes me how many people fill an arena to watch a bunch of guys in suits and women, uh, you know, select guys who we had never heard of before, you know, except for the lottery picks, right? Everybody else, they're cheering. They have absolutely no idea if the guy can even play. Um, but that's, that's the way it goes down. And that was a great day. 
That was a great day, the 2011 All-Star Game. I, I hosted the skills competition with Scott Oker for Hockey Night in Canada. Um, that was a tremendous weekend, and, and everything that went on at the Fan Festival, the energy from the fans, the people that came in that still were doubting the market and still do. You know, there are people on the outside who still doubt the, the, the Carolina market for the NHL, um, but it was on display. So those were great moments. And then the steps along the way with the playoff games, uh, you know, the, the great moments, the Kevin Weeks save, the, 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 the moments that I actually had a hand in. You know, many of these games are nationally televised, and I didn't have an opportunity to call them. Uh, Scott Walker's goal in Boston, uh, the whole 9 run, that whole season was remarkable. Uh, the way Cam Ward played that season, I don't think any goalie has had a single season that resembled anything like that. Certainly the second half of the year where he couldn't be beat. It's too bad his, his back gave out on him in the, in the conference final, right? But there, there's so many things here that, that have happened, so many different personalities that have come and gone and, and, um, and all great, you know, and uh, so that, that's all good. And, um, again, I, I just, it's, um, that's, what's so weird about coming back on Sunday is the fact that I never knew that my last game would be a random game in Detroit. And, um, and that was it, you know, it still, it still stings. And then you stayed in, uh, uh, what's his name's room. Yeah, then, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who, who, you know, we were. Where the heck were we? We were in. Uh, oh my God, that, we were on the road. Must and, have been uh, the, No, no, yeah, then. But I just saw Rudy. I just saw Rudy. Oh, we man. were uh, recently <laughs> on the road uh, um, for the um, NBA All Star Game. It was on television, right? And uh, we were in Vancouver. That's where we were. We we're in Vancouver, and I had the game on TV. And there's Rudy running up and down the floor. I said, oh, there he is. There's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to touch the uh, the dresser, but I did. Oh, oh God. Oh, well, you survived. Yeah. You survived. Yeah, and thank you, God. You lived in the basement yep. for uh, yes. for two weeks, and your yes. your wife slipped food under the door. That was yeah. That was a moment. Classic. That was a moment in time. Um, yeah. I've I've told you my favorite moment, and look, I you know it's funny because I. I I, I write previews all the time and sometimes I go back and I pull old highlights out. Uh, and so I recently pulled highlights out of a, of the series against New Jersey and you uh, see Jokinen's goal and oh. er, Eric Stahl with game tires and game winners and all sorts of, you know, Martin Brodeur throwing a fit. But I still don't think there's a, a better example of, John Forslund, the broadcaster, then really the last eight minutes of the Hurricanes and Devils in April, like I think it was like April 2nd of 2019, and you've got the Canadians in Washington, and all both games going on at the same time. You're doing one game, keeping us up to date with, because I was listening to this in a bar in Minneapolis, because I was there for the final four and I'm streaming the game on my computer and I'm listening, listening to you do two games at once. And somehow I was in both places and I didn't understand that. Uh, but that, that to me speaks to you grasping the moment that we were all experiencing because I make no bones about the fact that I am at and many times as much a fan as I am, because of the people that I know, uh, as as I am a, you know, an objective reporter. Uh, so mm-hmm. you brought me there, 
And that's, I think that's my favorite moment in John Ford's on history. Well, thank you. And it, 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 it was, and I'll tell you what's so great about that is, um, I'm a big fan too. Right. So that's, that's how we get here. <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, even though that night was just to get in the playoffs, um, it felt like it was the Stanley cup winning game. I felt it felt like a clinching game because of the 10 years of misery. So those people that were there that night, I'm sure there were bandwagon people who were got turned down by the, the Canes push. But I would say the majority of the crowd were the people that had hung around long enough to care for all those years, yeah. um, you know, through all of the um, good draft choices, bad draft choices, bad teams, coaching changes, uh, the Kirk Muller situation, the Bill Peters situation, you know, all these things. And, and, and the young defensemen and, you know, watching them grow and, and then, you know, turning their backs on a couple of young players who are still going well with Calgary, but making a big trade to kind of turn the team around at that point in time, uh, new owner, the whole nine yards. And now after all of this with, uh, God love them, Peter Morazic and goal, um, they're going to the playoffs and, um, it was, it was terrific. It was an exhilarating moment. And, um, it got him back there again, but, uh, but that's part of the, um, situation that I was most proud of is the fact that, you know, Tripp and I were able to carry some kind of message for a decade where nothing happened. And that could be the end for a lot of franchises. And it almost was, I mean, yeah. the crowds were, were dismal. Um, but the fire kept burning somehow, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's good. And, and then you get to that point. And that was a that was a great run that year. Great run. It took a long time for the fans to leave after '09. It took probably four or five years for the fans uh, to not come back and the apathy to set right. in. Um, but they came back in a hurry. When uh, which to me, I was not surprised at. Usually, there's a lag of about a year or maybe even two. Uh, but by, yeah. by the second half of that season. People had kind of sensed it, and they uh, they were all ready to come back in. So let me ask you this. You mentioned Peter Mrazek. He came back with Toronto. It was like the fifth or sixth game of the season. He actually wasn't even healthy. Uh, so he was in the press box. And they had a video. Dougie Hamilton, same thing, came back with New Jersey. He wasn't healthy in the press box. They had a video. They just kind of said hi to Warren Fogle. What are your expectations? What do you want? Um, no. Yeah, I, this is, it's almost like the first thing we talked about when I was thinking about this. Do you, what do you want? I, I don't want anything. I, I really don't. I don't know what they have up their sleeve. They haven't said anything to me. I believe those tributes should be for players. I'm not 100% sure it should be for someone like myself. Um, I, I, I believe Ron will be traveling with us. Right. Um, he deserves something. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, um, you know, he, he, he travels and then he leaves on trips. And I did ask, you know, our people last night when we got off the airplane, you know, is he, is he coming with us on this Eastern swing? I think that's the plan. So I think he may be in the building. I think it'll be tough for him. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they, what they have planned. I, I can be completely honest with you. Uh, the 20 year thing they did for me back in 2014, I think it was yeah. 15, something like that. 
Um, it was nice of them to come up with the idea. They asked me and I said, please don't do it. I believe those <laughs> tributes should be when you're at the end of your career. Right. Um, I am not finished by a long shot. Um, I am finished there. Um, but then when they did that, you know, what does it mean? What then six years later, what happens? Right. right. So I don't know if that meant anything. Uh, doesn't mean anything to me now. I'll tell you that much. I'll be honest with you. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, if the fans react and wave and, and say hello and all that, I welcome that with open arms. I love the people there. I love the Caniacs. So we'll just see what happens. Uh, yeah, you're the uh, the last number 20 before Sebastian Ajo. Um, yeah, whatever happened to that? I'm sure they took that down. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I wasn't there yeah. until the playoffs last year. And yeah. uh, I, I kind of think it's still up, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Is it a good thing you have a game in Washington? Yes. Saturday? Yes, that's the <laughs> other thing. It is a good thing. It's not good for the family. Um, uh, so I won't have a night at home. But I think it is good that we play in Washington, fly in. Uh, the majority of that day I'll be, you know, back-to-backs are tough on a broadcaster. you got to sure. prep. You don't have enough time. Uh, you know me, so i got my own set routine. doesn't change. And so that takes hours. And so maybe that's a good thing. I'll burn the energy there. I'll get to the rink. I'll get next to my new partner, JT Brown, who I absolutely love. Yeah. And uh, we'll call a game. And uh, he's fired up. I know that. So we'll just have to see what goes on here. Uh, are you going to stay over Sunday night and, uh, and spend the night at your house? Because I know you guys are off Monday. Yeah, no, we're off, but we're on our way to Toronto. And uh, we play the Leafs on Tuesday. Then I'm working for Turner on Wednesday in Vancouver. And then I'm back to the Kraken in Ottawa on Thursday. So I'm going to need Monday to do some work. And um, actually, Lily's coming out to visit me the week after because we have a a quiet week here in Seattle. So she'll come out for a few days, which will be tremendous. Well, uh, I speak for a lot of people who are excited to have you back. Um, yes. and I look forward to seeing you Sunday and it's going to be emotional for a lot of yep. people. You, I know, uh, it will be emotional for people like me who care. Uh, so I just look forward to it and I just, I hope the day, I hope the day doesn't take too much out of you. I think it will, you know, I, I'll be okay. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. I, I just, you know, so much of this is habitual and so much of, so much of what you do when you, when you get in that seat and you're ready to, and I stand, I don't know what seat we're talking about, but when I, when I, when I call a game, um, I, I feel where I'm at, if that makes any sense to you. And there's so much there of me and I haven't had a chance to come back yet. Um, I kind of wish in a way, I wish I was doing a national game. I think that would be perfect. I think if I was coming in, working for turn, uh, the Canes are playing the Islanders or whomever, right. then I could 50-50 it, you know what I mean? And I would come in and uh, do the game and do my job. But I'm coming in much like the game that was here, only here I kind of was in my new home, but it was emotional for me, and it was a cocky game won by the Kraken. Yeah. And, you know, now we come in and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I did for years with the Hurricanes only on the Seattle side, which means I'm pulling for Seattle to win yeah. in that building. Never happened. Right. So right? I don't, I don't know how that's going to feel. I can't, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know what that's going to feel like, <laughs> you know, 
And I imagine they'll have a great crowd. It'll be a Sunday night, so it'll it'll be fun. We'll make it fun. Do the people in Seattle bring you nuts like they brought to you in Raleigh? No, they drive me nuts. They don't. They haven't. They they haven't. Uh, no, no, I don't. I, we've got a, a nice setup. We got everything we need upstairs, so they don't have to hand delivering me the uh, uh, the nuts. But um, we're good here. We're well, good. I'll see you Sunday night. It'll be my first time, okay, and uh, I was saving it for the for you. I didn't realize that, but great to see you. Great to hear from you. It could get dusty. It could very well get dusty at PNC Arena on Sunday night. Uh, Maybe we'll see you there. Uh, It'll be the first game, home game, I've attended in a good two and a half months. Anyway, uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check it out. Online, aluminumcompany.com. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets. They've got it all. If you need some exterior home improvements and windows are both interior and exterior, Aluminum Company has you covered. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, You can give us a rating and a review if you like, but just enjoy the podcast. Just uh, show up, get it. Uh, If you follow it, it shows up in your phone or wherever you get your podcast every day, and uh, you can listen to it on the way to work while you're walking the dog, uh, while you're making a bully base. I don't care. Whatever you, It's your choice. You can listen to it wherever you want to. It's free country. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow night after the Canes and the Penguins. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts.